Glover's Update, the very latest news from Hewish Park. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room Space to win in this town, you're out of luck. And the reason that you have... Good afternoon, and welcome to another Glover's Update here on Three Valleys Radio. And you're not moving anywhere, you thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you could lend a hand in return. And it's Thursday and it's time for the manager's press conference. Um, Darren, first of all, how much are you looking forward to Monday? The players back, the start of pre-season training. I very much always look forward to pre-season training. It's actually my favourite time of the year because you, um, you're basically forgiven for running grown men into the ground. <laughs> so it's, um, it's good fun. Uh, it's always nice to see the players. It's obviously, um, you know, a little bit more settled this year in terms of who we're going to see and what we know about those individuals 12 months on. And uh, you know, I like uh, I like spending time with this group. I've always I've always said that, uh, and it'll be nice to see the the majority of them again. Um, but you know, all kidding aside, pre-season is for a manager the it's the best time of any season. So enjoyable. The games are rubbish, but you you know you, the the flip side of it are um, you don't get anyone knocking on your door. Why am I not playing left wing? And why have I only played? two games in two months and mumbo jumbo like that so it's uh, no it's a very, it's a very nice time it's obviously uh it's obviously a, a, an important time for recruitment and um yeah i'm looking forward to it very much looking forward to it will things be different now compared to your preparations for the barnet game oh hugely yeah 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 i mean we, we only, if you think about the Barnet game and its objectives, you, you're trying to get people fit for one game, um, you know, and, and and that's where you have to have your thinking. What you're trying to do now is get people fit for 10 months. So, you know, it's a completely different objective. But I think we learned quite a lot, of, you know, in the prep for the Barnet game in terms of maybe using some different strategies, using some different techniques to get people fit, maybe a bit quicker, Um and and we are definitely we are going to incorporate some of those some of those uh, some of those methods that were that were tried out. And how does the third of October as a start date sit with you? Bearing in mind the EFL starts mid September. I, I think it's the most realistic start date out of all of them. I think it's um, I think they've been very clever actually, and you know, I always try and call it as I see it, but. Um, I think the I think October start. I, I think the French uh, the French and the Dutch league are starting in October as well, aren't they? If memory serves me 
right in terms of when they shut down. I think they they said no more football until October. So I actually think it's the most realistic. I think it gives us the greatest chance of getting some sort of fan base in the stadium. Um, and also if there are, you know, some difficulties in the country leading up to that time, it might give us a slightly bigger margin of error to resolve those differences and, and, and still be able to start in October. So, I, you know, I, th I think they've done a good job there. I really do. And that led me on to my next question. Are you hopeful that some fans will be allowed into Hewish Park to see the start of the season? I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I, I, you know, I, you know, throughout throughout this throughout the whole COVID um, process, you know, lockdown, quarantine, and the you know the the release um, of certain measures of, of, of lockdown, I think we've all become very very um, conscious of. Um, press releases, news releases, especially obviously from the government. And, you know, I think I've never never been more happier than seeing the release the other day from the DCMS about steps three to six, having crowds in the stadium again uh, at 15% initially and then obviously moving to 30%. I thought that was, I thought that was really, really great. I mean, that filled me with so much hope um, that we'll be, we'll be back. Uh, to kind of normality very soon, and um, you know it was a, that was a nice that was a nice one to kind of hear, um, and 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 it's going to save so many clubs. I mean, I'm 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 shocked that more clubs haven't been that haven't um, gone into administration than, than than maybe already have. So, you know, I think I think they've done as best they can there. But it certainly gives us hope that on a wilder scale, you know, on a wilder scale, bigger scale, larger scale, that um, crowds will be in a, a higher level soon. The, the the strange thing is, is obviously the professional clubs or teams that that run professionally are um, are probably more able and, uh, and and able to cater for the uh, the certain criteria that's going to be laid down in order to have fans. I think we're we're ready for that. Um, but it's great to see the, the clubs from step three to six. I've got a lot of friends that are coaches, managers still playing at, at that level. And, you know, then the fact that crowds can now start to come back in in a, in a, um, in a logical manner is, um, is great news for those clubs. Absolutely brilliant news for those clubs. Very much so. Um, have you confirmed any pre-season fixtures yet? Yes, we've, we've, we've got pretty much a full bill in now that we'll, that we'll release probably start of next week. Um, we go to Stratford a week Saturday. Um, again, which, you know, we're hoping Stratford are going to obviously open up to fans as they're a step three side. Um, so we go to Stratford a week Saturday. I think the following week we're somewhere up. We, I know there's Taunton, there's Froome, um, Western Supermare, um, clubs, uh, Dorchester we're going back to again. So, uh, you know, what I've tried to do is, and I, and I said this all along, I've tried to stay in Somerset for pre-season friendlies. Uh, we're obviously behind closed doors. If we were to do anything at Hewish Park right now, the pitch is still um, growing uh, from its refurb. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to going around these clubs, these non-league clubs, and um, and hopefully showing our support because, you know, as, as the weeks tick on, I'm hoping we can get some noble fans in the ground those Oval fans obviously not only support us while whilst we're out playing, but they help support the the football economy of, of Somerset. 
And that's always been my target is to try and support Somerset and its football clubs. Um, and, uh, and, and I think we've gone about that a really great way. Um, it'd be very easy for us to be like, you know, some big clubs where they demand X, Y, and Z for, for us being there. But we want to go there. We want to take as many Oval fans that we're able to, or the, the club is able to house um, or to accommodate, sorry. And, um, and really support Somerset football. You know, it's a huge county. We're, we're very lucky to be, a, you know, the professional club in the county. And I think we have a duty to, uh, to our neighbours, to, you know, the, the clubs in Somerset to, to support each other. So I hope by us going there, we, you know, we help them in, you know, as much as possible. Since we last spoke, Josh Staunton's been signed on a two-year contract. What qualities will he bring to your squad? Well, he's he, he's a very very intelligent footballer. I think that's what struck me when when we um, not only watched him close up in our uh, in our fixtures against Halifax, but obviously the extensive research that you're now able to do on players is he's a very very intelligent footballer. And where I think we where I think we really fell down last year was when we had uh, key injuries to key players, namely Wilkinson, Collins and uh, Charlie Lee. And with um, Staunton, Staunton not only gives us greater depth in those three key positions, but he gives us strength. He gives us versatility. He's a good athlete. He's a good age. I know he doesn't look 24, but he's 24. I made sure I checked his passport. He's definitely 24. And, um, uh, he, he, you know, he just gives us that power and that intelligence that, that maybe we didn't have in depth. And when they're all fit, then we're going to be a very good side. And it may allow us to be tactically a little bit more um, adaptive than, than maybe what we could have been during last season. So he's a really great signing. He gives us longevity as well, um, which I like. He gives us that two years. So again, it's another player that we get a chance to really get to know. We know what makes him tick. Um, we know what his real positives, his real strengths and qualities are. And we've got two years to find out. Um, uh, until you know to go through that process so Josh was my number one out of all of them out of any target I had on any board or any list or any recruitment process Josh was number one and you know I really fought for him I knew that we weren't going to be able we wouldn't be able to do too much because of our you know our our financial position you know uh, like like a lot of clubs Um, and I wanted to make sure that whatever happened come the first game of the season, we had that strength in depth. I think when we went to Barnet first game of the season last year, we didn't have Collins, uh, sorry, we didn't have Wilkinson. I think Dickinson was injured, you know, so Charlie Lee wasn't at the club then, you know, so if you look back, our our experienced players really were Nelson, Collins, Diaz, Murphy, Allcop. That was that was probably the extent of it. So we're going to definitely need to have strength, and if we're going to have to run with a smaller squad, which we are going to, um, we need to make sure that the fundamentals and the foundations of our team every week are strong enough to to carry a ten month campaign. And bearing in mind finances, not just at Yeovil but in football, is your squad pretty settled now? Do you do you think um, do we expect many more incomings or outgoings or? Is this pretty much what we're going to have um, heading into October? We, we can't let any more go. We won't be able to fill a bench if we let any more go. Um, I think we're at 14 at the minute, so we're very small. We are very small. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to be a smaller squad. I don't think we'll 
um, necessarily stop at 14 because we won't have enough players, that's for sure. Um, but we, we are looking now into the loan market. We're very close with one uh, loan sign-in from a Premier League club, but I don't think that will get confirmed until Monday. Um, uh, but we're very close with that. And look, we're, we're having to be very creative. And it, it, it's actually the best thing about my management team in, in Terry and uh, Darren Betcher is that whenever we are faced with these kind of situations, we're, we're very good at uh, creating the creating our own market. You know, and our market at the moment is going to be very similar to why we took Romeo Hutton's and uh, Brandon Cooper's and Caleb uh, Richards, etc. Is that you know we're looking now for those bigger clubs to be very look very favourably upon us, and we create a platform for their young players to get experience at. Now, obviously, last year we had a hugely successful example of that in Romeo Hutton, um, who now will. 100% playing the Football League next year, maybe even at League One. Um, and, you know, we can create that platform for their young players to get that that last part of their their education, their, you know, their, their development, their academy development. So we're looking now for that type for the, for, the, for the short term. And I'm sure when crowds and, you know, people are able to come back through the turnstiles that we'll, we'll have a capacity to, to add to our squad. But, Right here, right now, the four team we've got, uh, we've added, obviously, Adam Smith and Josh Staunton. Um, that's, that's kind of where we're going to be, I think, for the, for, the, uh, for the short-term future. Thank you for your time. Hope to catch up again soon. Thank you. Top man. Thanks, mate. Hi, Darren. Hi, pal. How are you? Yeah, good. You? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you talk about pre-season training and uh, putting them through their paces. Kind of, how do you how do you break it up from ball work as to running to you know to create proper fitness? What sort of you know how do you break it up? There's there's a million and one theories on this. I mean, it's almost fashion. Getting people fit in pre-season has almost turned into fashion in that you have fashionable methods each year in which people sell and you know endorse and things like that. The the bog standard method of any preseason is that they have to move a lot more than what they've been doing. You're taking people from different physical states and you have to try and get them into a physical state in which they can have a campaign over 10 months. I've always been quite lucky because of my personality and the way I coach, I could probably get players fit, match fit, ready to go just through training normally. But that's because I'm an assertive, enthusiastic character. So the intensity of our sessions is always high. But um, it's not old-fashioned. If you, if you go to Germany and you look at the, the techniques and strategies in Germany, they still do the cross-country running. They still go through the, the woods and the forests and, you know, the old-fashioned things, if you like. You, Mourinho still does 1,000-metre runs. You know, all of these strategies are still very, very useful and successful. And the other thing is as well with those types of um, uh, methods is that, there's a huge emphasis on an individual's mentality and how much they're prepared to go and how fast and how hard they expect themselves to run. And when I came in, for example, this time last year when I came in in pre-season, so not this time last year, maybe 14, 15 months ago, it was heavily based on running as an individual because I wanted to see come December, come a, you know, a bad running form, some injuries, I wanted to see which players were ready to go through the next wall for me 
who were going to run through the pain barrier, who was going to run injured, who was going to say, no, 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 I'll be all right, I'll get out there. And I learned so much in that first week where it was only sort of nine, ten of us, a couple of trialists, maybe 12. And we did a lot of running, hard running, on your own, run, get through it. And let's see who really was determined. And I'll tell you the one player who won every one of those early races was Carl Dickinson. And lads who were 15, 14, 13 years younger were treading water behind him. And I knew then that Carl, by hook or by crook, no matter what his state was, no matter where he was in terms of his injury or his, or his levels physically, that he would run and he would run through brick walls for us. So I thought that was a really useful technique last year. I don't think we need to perhaps recruit the same method for the same reason this year, because we're now down to a point where every player that returns on Monday has been chosen by me to be here Monday. So I'm not sure I really need to go through that in that way, but you can't get away from getting fit. You've got to run. Whether it's with a ball, whether it's without a ball, you've got to run. So normally in week one, is there's a heavy, heavy influence of running without the ball. Um, and as you work through, you just introduce the ball a little bit more. But everyone thinks it's a real science getting people fit. Until you start playing real games, competitive games, in the league, four points, that's when they really need to, that's when they really start adding that match fitness in. Do you think that the, the gap between well, the playoff game, I suppose, is the last game you overall played, uh, and the start now is, is enough, you know, from a, from a mental point of view, more than anything it's, else? It's been too, yeah, it's been too, in, in that, it's been too long, it's been, mm. you know, but that's, that's not, that's not, you know, beyond anyone's control, is it? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. We're, in, we're in the very, very unsettling hands of a, of a pandemic. So, you know, Monday's fine by me. As long as we've, we're able to come back and we're able to work, you know, football's our trade. It's the way we earn our living, you know. So as long as we're very, very fortunate enough to be able to come back and, you know, and earn our living, um, that's the important thing from a, from a, an individual point of view. But, We've had, we've had long enough. We've had more than enough time to think about this, that and the other. It's time now to to get our trainers back on and, and, and get to work and, and start trying to build something again. We know that, that uh, you know, when you did the playoff games, you, there was a huge uh, protocol installed into the club that you had to have red zones and green zones and, and tested and all the rest of it. Is that going to maintain the same uh, when we start the league? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it will be the same ferocity the, the, the principles, I think, largely will stay the same and the, the kind of the framework will be very, very similar. But I don't think it will be with such intense or intensity, sorry, mm. uh, you know, in terms of testing and things like that. I think that, that, that kind of comes down a notch or two, which it had to because no football club would be without supporters would be able to finance the, a, a testing protocol. No. But um, it, there are certain measures we still have to take. We're, we're still going to test our players Monday when they come back because they've been away for us for a long time. We've had players that have gone abroad for holidays, you know, been with their families in different parts of the country at different times. So we, we, we feel it's the right thing to do to test them on day one. And then we'll, we'll work towards our framework after that. But largely it's about recognizing symptoms and play, and people that are symptomatic in, in that moment and then taking necessary precautions. But, you know, we, we were very lucky during the playoff preparation that we didn't have any of that um, scenario. 
and we were able to um, able to work pretty freely within those conditions. Finally, for me then, on the playing side, first of all, how's Lawson Diaf doing with his injury, and is he is he got another year or is he uh, is he out of contract? You're like a copper, aren't you? <laughs> I wasn't aware no. of it. <laughs> um, sorry, blasphemy. Sorry, I do apologise. Um, you don't no, apologise to me, Darren. He was training. He was training at A level um, uh, before the playoff game against Barnet. He wasn't probably training at a level where. Obviously, he wasn't training at a level where he, we felt he could be involved, and I think Lawson felt that as well since speaking to him. Um, and so, we, yeah, we're hoping just to push on now with Lawson. We're going to have to take it slowly. He's still going to need some some treatment. He's still going to need certain um, certain measures to to you know to keep him out there to keep him fit. But Lawson will be like a new signing. You know, people people forget that probably the biggest change for me was when Lawson came out of the team in how we were going to create goals again from midfield because he's such a wonderfully uh, creative footballer and has a technical ability that allows him to execute what he sees in his brain. So, you know, he, he was a big miss for us, but I've already said to Lawson, he, you know, he's got a big season ahead of him. We need 40 games out of him next year. You know, he has to have 40 games. So he is here for another year, um, PC hopper. So, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but um, yeah, he's, yeah, you know, and we're glad again going back to last year when we wanted these types of people for it to be a minimum of two years, minimum, hmm. because I want to, I want to, I want to learn about them, and I want to be able to get the best out of them. And the longer I have them in my in my working domain, then the, the better, the best chance I've got of, of 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 getting the best out of them. So he's a good player, Lawson. There's a real confidence and a real mental resilience about him as well. Um, and he's been hugely successful in his career, hugely successful. He's got a lot of promotions under his belt. So I'm looking forward to him being back out there because he came on, a, he played 30 minutes against Weymouth in our last uh, game before we played in the playoffs. And he was he was excellent, very, very excellent. I think he came on and played right back. He was so smooth and so competent in possession. So, you know, he's a, he's a big player for us. And, and again, Lawson's one of those, you know, when I talk about Charlie and Albion having these, two or three qualities. Lawson's one of them. Very different qualities, but wherever he seems to play, he has a lovely, smooth competency about him when he's in possession. And you know, that's an important feature, uh, important attribute to have when you uh, when you play for Yeovil, because a lot of teams do come to Hewish Park and decide that they're going to just try and ruin your day by being boring. And finally, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Smith, any chance of him, him coming? I mean, are you talking to him still or...? Blimey, you've gone to MI6 levels there, haven't you? <laughs> like central intelligence now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Jimmy, look, the, the club is in a very, very um, uh, difficult position. It's got no no cash flow. It's got no no one coming through the door. Um, so to talk about any player, Jimmy, all the other targets I like. I know there's been lots of things said about Ben Kennedy. Um it's very hard. It's very hard to be able to predict our our financial footprint, um, which is why you know Josh Staunton was made very very important because if if our door is closed with Josh being our last signing as well as Adam, of course, we, we need a goalie. I know everyone knows that. Um, even you, PC Opper. Um, but he, um, if that if Josh was our late, you know our our only signing. We needed to know that we were going to go away from home or at home and have this strength and this physical power and intelligence that we need to 
to be able to compete regularly over a 10-month campaign. And Josh gives us that, which we didn't have last year. Um, what we what we do need to you know make sure that we have is we need to make sure that financially we're sound. And I completely agree with any you know everything Scott has said to me on that. Um, you know we need to make sure that we're a, we're a you know a, a club that cuts its cloth. And right here, right now, regardless of any player, um, we cut our, we cut our cloth accordingly. So hopefully things change, crowds can come back in, and we can start maybe doing some more work. But you know, uh, we're, none of us are bigger than Yeovil, the football club, the the, the entity, the, the organisation, the town, the team is far bigger than any player or any manager at the football club. And, you know, it's more important that we make sure that we are stable and very secure in our, in you know, in our uh, financial position and, and, you know, going and signing players willy-nilly. I'd, I'd still like two or three of the lads that were out of contract that were with us because they made huge, huge uh, input into our season last year, and I, you know, I, I truly believe they've still got a lot to, lot to offer, uh, even if it's from you know an experience point of view, and you know, and shaping the the environment and things like that. But Jimmy was a very, very good for us last year. Very good, lovely lad. Love working with him. I'd love to have him here, but you know, we have to make sure that we make these decisions right here, right now for the benefit the short-term you know security and stability of our football club so that we can get to a point where people are flooding back through the turnstiles to watch us play so as always the fans are going to be just so so important and you know I know I harp on and I ask a lot from them but they're going to be the most important thing when it comes to recruitment because when they're able to the more we get back in the you know in the ground the better you know there's nothing like last year we're not waiting for a a change of owner. No one's got that excuse. No one's waiting for who's the manager. They ain't got that excuse. This time last year, right, it was from hope to trepidation when they employed Darren Sol. <laughs> I'd like to think it'd be from trepidation to hope now, now that they've seen what we've done in year one. So there's no excuse there. You know, you know, we I feel like we play a decent brand of football. We're not always right with it, but you know, we're always on the front foot. We're very aggressive. So when we're able to have you all back, you know, it's going to be so important that I try and create a, a winning team and a winning formula and they get behind the lads again because we, you know, if, if we thought last year going down from League Two and playing in the National League was going to be a tough year, I don't think people realise yet how tough this year is going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be a real slog and we're going to have to really be in this together um, for us to come out the other side and add to our squad. Being second in the batting crew means you've got to be more inventive with the questions, Darren. Um, thank you very yeah. much for being. Uh, well, so... you have you have got one of the, you know, one of the most sought after intelligence committees in the world in MI6 behind you. So. Absolutely, yeah, they're they're very you know, good actually. I, I would like I'd like to think your research and your uh, uh, and your imagination can be fueled with such a team behind you, eh? <laughs> I'll do my James best. But like I say, when you come in second, all the obvious questions have been answered, haven't they? That's the problem. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Today. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for joining us, mate. I appreciate it. And we'll speak yeah. next week, I expect. Cheers, pal. Cheers, then. That was Daryl Sol at his weekly press conference. Please join us again next week. Same time, same station. Three Valleys Radio for all your Yeovil Town news and views.
heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck Furlongs, the to take you out of this place. 